Trade Talks, bringing you the best of the buy side. Welcome back to the third episode of the Trade Talks podcast. Uh, we just had a lovely Easter break, but it's time to get back into the show. So how we're going to run things off, we're going to go into our trade talking points. So we're going to look at some of the stories that me and Haley have been discussing at some length. And we're going to go over them with you guys on the podcast. Then we have a special guest from Market Access. Head of European Product Management, Gareth Coltman, will be joining us on the show today. So stick around for that. And then we're going to end by giving you an update at some of the conferences who have now updated their dates of release. Too many dates in that word. But uh, on the line with me now is Haley. How are you doing, Haley? Hi, Kaius. Good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm very good, thanks. Good. I'm looking forward to speaking with uh, Gareth and getting his thoughts on the the open trading platform. I know he's he's uh, told us that there's been some interesting things happening there, so so that's going to be great. Um, but maybe we should get to the news first. Yeah, yeah. But first, uh, let's uh, let's have a little talk about our Easter holidays uh, and go over how we uh, spent this lovely four day summer holiday, which probably most of us just spent in our gardens if we have one. But what did you get up to over the Easter, if anything? I got up to absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, I've I, yeah, just you know, pottering about the place, looking for for things to do. To be honest, it was um, it was upsetting to see that it was such a nice sunny um, few days that we had over the over the bank holiday as well, which was which was typical. Um, I've taken to looking at this supermarket, which is um, very close by. I can I can see it from where I am, and just sort of checking the queues. That's that's been a, a new hobby of mine. I've just been looking at the queues and seeing them grow and, and diminish. And yeah, that's that's pretty much how I've spent my entire weekend, to be honest, Kaius. What about yourself? Well, yours sounds a lot funner than mine. Mine basically was just uh, making sure the new dog didn't eat any of the scraps of chocolate from all the chocolate eggs I was stealing from <laughs> my younger brothers. <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't too entertaining, but you know, he's a fast dog, so you have to act quick. But yeah, that was it, really. But, you know, lots have been happening in the news. So I think we're going to go over some of the trade talking points right now. The trade talking points. Yes, let's. Let's go over some of the uh, the key stories over the past two weeks. Um, and I'm sure that the, the dreaded coronavirus will... Um, you know, pop up <laughs> from from time to time here, we will try to um, avoid it as best we can and just look at the industry and, you know, what's what's going on. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll kick off with um, one that has been very well read, um, a lot of interest from our readers on this one. So BlackRock uh, has confirmed that it will host its Aladdin platform on the Microsoft Azure cloud platform. Um, this is really interesting, I think. Um, it Basically, the move provides um, Aladdin, which is um, the flagship you know, investment operations platform from, from BlackRock. It provides those guys with you know, increased computing power so they can basically sort of bring new services and, and capabilities to clients quickly. Uh, and yeah, I, I just think it's really interesting that that sort of cloud adoption, we're, we're starting to see that a little bit more now. Um, you know, I, I think that we wrote another one um, earlier today as well about Charles River that is also moving its IMS platform to the cloud. Um, again, Microsoft Azure. Um, so yeah, that's that's been quite an interesting one, I think. And obviously we know that 
you know the Aladdin platform. Um, BlackRock's got some some big plans for Aladdin. They're they're looking to make the platform the language of uh, portfolio construction, which I thought was super interesting. Uh, Larry Fink said that on the um, the asset managers earnings calls earlier this year. So so that's really interesting. We're we're keeping an eye on on BlackRock and what what they're doing with the with the Aladdin platform. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it'd be definitely interesting to see if uh, we start seeing more businesses look into you know push their platforms out onto cloud-based uh, sources because yeah everyone's working from home it seems like it's really driving yeah this uh, move to the cloud or to be interactive so yeah interesting one to talk about and just while we're still uh, speaking about uh, you know going interactive I've got a story actually this is what you wrote but uh, Beaton has outsourced trading workflows with Genesis so Basically, they are outsourcing automated workflows to Genesis, which is one of its technology partners. The partnership will provide basically Beaton with the ability to create new solutions with a quicker output time and to basically make the most of the use out of the code from Genesis. So it's a low code application platform. I have um, spoken with the the senior team at, at Genesis and they're doing some interesting stuff around trading workflows and, and automating that. And I guess it's, you know, for, for Beaton, that's that's a great move. They're, they're, they're a sort of up and coming outsourced uh, trading desk, uh, independent. And so I think something like that will really add to their business in terms of the technology behind it, um, you know, how resilient the, the trading desk is and and things like that i think you know in terms of um the outsourced trading trend as well you as i'm sure a lot of our readers know we've been following that quite closely um and i think you know perhaps we'll hear a little bit more about outsourced trading as we we come you know as as firms come to get to grips with with the the fallout of the coronavirus pandemic um but that's that's for another podcast that's for another time <laughs> And another interesting story that we uh, we published this week is about TrueFX. Now, some of you may know TrueFX as the new FX Prime brokerage platform, which was established through a partnership between Jefferies and Integral, which is uh, an FX uh, trading technology provider. Um, they actually completed their first trades after launching in November, which is super interesting. Um, so the firm said that FXCM, AxiCore and Velocity Trade were among the first counterparties to complete the disclosed trades on the venue uh, alongside several um, electronic FX market makers. Uh, so this is really interesting. I think we're going to keep an eye on this platform, see how um, you know it develops, see how it expands. It's quite a unique offering. It's uh, a basically an over-the-counter venue, and it really looks to reduce the costs for the for the buy side firms um, in terms of connecting and trading the the currency markets. And it, it looks to do that by combining you know the trading technology and credit services into a single platform. Um, so yeah, this is this is a really interesting one, one that we'll we'll definitely keep an eye on. And I know that in February. TrueFX said that uh, AxiCore, FXCM and Velocity Trade would provide the sponsored clearing access for the buy side um, as part of the TrueFX clearing uh, member network there. So, so yeah, interesting to hear the platforms, you know, fully up and, and running. They've got their clearing member network, which is um, expanding and, and sort of in the works. But yeah, I think that's that's been a really interesting one from an FX prime brokerage perspective, definitely. Well, just keeping on platforms and going live, uh, London Clearinghouse Equity Clear has gone live with the a London Stock Exchange post-trade tech platform. So this is called the Millennium Platform. 
and basically they manage risk, manage 20 million trades per day, a throughput of 1600 trades per second. And yeah, so basically London's uh, clearinghouse equity clear, they have just migrated over to this platform, this Millennium platform. And yeah, they've gone live. People are quite familiar with um, Millennium, which is the, the sort of technology platform from the London Stock Exchange Group. Um, yeah, you know, I think this is uh, this should it sounds as though, you know, from from what you've just said in terms of, you know, the platform being able to sort of clear and risk manage 20 million trades per day, um, 1600 trades per second. Uh, you know, that's, that's sort of big, big numbers. So um, this should be a good good move for LCH, definitely. So, yeah, another interesting technology based story. We have six and Nasdaq. Yeah, they've joined forces to expand their microwave network basically providing faster data access, uh, transmitting data from London to Stockholm. So interesting one because they've had this technology partnership since 2005. And the idea of this is to share the trading technology between all the users. So this new, uh, well, newish microwave technology will help the exchanges to transmit data at a much faster rate between the big centers. And it just gives their clients the edge on identifying uh, price movement and risk. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I thought it was also interesting in that story, the fact that, um, you know, Six owns and operates the largest microwave network in Europe. Um, so they took a, yeah. took a majority share in, in the operator of its microwave network. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, terms of the deal weren't, weren't disclosed. But in terms of data and, um, you know, I feel like we've kind of, with data, there's two things around it. It's, you know, how much you can get and how quick you can get it, right? So so this is going to be quite an interesting one to, um, you know, as we sort of see what comes out of this out of this partnership. And, you know, you kind of, you read the headline on that in terms of, you know, expanding microwave network. And all that kind of, it sounds like something from Star Trek or, or Star Wars or something. I, I, I know, I'm just thinking how many of these uh, 5G conspiracy people are just freaking out now hearing this. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to see some burning of uh, microwave towers. Hopefully not. Hopefully Six and NASDAQ don't come up against anyone trying to burn down their data centers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, my final story I have is basically it's Corona related. So bear with me, but it's kind of good news. This is talking about uh, some of the brokers who are actually don't making donations to help fight against the Corona pandemic. And if this is by donating to uh, charities, especially food support charities, or just you know, in, uh, sending money to uh, the front line where the medical uh, staff need it. So one of the stories which I've just wrote today was from interactive brokers who have donated five million to fight against coronavirus. Now, to say it will go into two fronts, it will go into basically frontline protection. So making sure the people who are most affected, again, food, uh, food support, that will be uh, funded by this five million and also uh, development and uh, testing of a kind of vaccine drug. So they're going splitting it between two fronts, but it's also interesting because we had XTX Markets. They have committed 20 million to free charities and BlackRock also committed uh, $50 million to a Corona relief uh, charities globally. Yeah. Just to note, though, that the interactive brokers, this is basically focused on American uh, 
charities and basically helping uh, the corona pandemic in America. But you wrote about the BlackRock uh, committing $50 million to two global charities. So uh, maybe you have something to say on this, Haley? Yeah, no, I think it's good to see, you know, buy side, um, you know, market makers, these these brokers, everyone kind of coming together and, and donating, um, you know, some, some money to, to the, the efforts against coronavirus. I think we're, we're yet to see the real fallout of, of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, it's going to be interesting to to watch that sort of play out, uh, particularly as we hopefully get back to work soon. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But it's nice to sort of see the industry, you know, lending a hand as and where they can. So, yeah, that's that's quite a good, uh, a nice story. Yeah. Coming up next on the show is our guest from Market Access, Gareth Coltman, and he's going to be talking about their flagship open trading platform. The Trade Talkers. Okay, so today's guest, he's from Market Access. He's the head of European product management. It's Gareth Coltman. Welcome, Gareth. How are you doing? Hey, good, thanks. Thanks for having me. No, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you here, especially in these uh, indoor times. So where are you calling us from, Gareth? Uh, I'm actually uh, at my home in Kent in the moment. Uh, I've been working here for about four weeks. Oh, and how, how's that been for you? Have you managed to get a nice little setup at home? Yeah, I've got everything I need here at home. Uh, I've got my, you know, work computer and, and monitor and so on, and a phone. And um, as a as a firm now, we're obviously all working from home and using technology uh, you know, like Microsoft Teams and things like that to be able to communicate. It's definitely been a a challenging month for us, but I guess for everybody in fixed income markets, both in terms of you know the pandemic itself and the human impact, but also there's just been such extreme market volatility. But we actually had a pretty successful transition to working from home. Um, we had already moved to home working in our Singapore and Hong Kong offices. So they've been working from home for nearly two months now. So we had a lot of you know, uh, time to kind of prep and, and get everybody ready. So actually transitioning to working from home for the firm was a relatively easy and successful process when we actually came around to doing it. See, that's a very good thing. A lot of people have got these contingency plans like ourselves at the trade and global custodian. We, we did a very good transition and it seems that we're actually getting more work in and being a bit more busier now that uh, everyone's working from home. But yeah, I mean, I've got a nice little good home set up. I'm actually on a 1950s barber chair as my uh, office nice. chair because <laughs> I couldn't find any. So I uh, managed to grab one of these from my brother from his barber shop. So I would highly recommend it if anyone's looking for uh, an office chair to work from home with. It sounds comfortable. So Gareth, I'm just going to go and hit you with the first question, dive straight in. What kind of activity has Market Access seen on its open trading platform in the recent weeks given the ongoing pandemic? Sure. Just, I guess, to uh, give anybody who isn't uh, familiar with open trading a quick idea what it is. I mean, Market Access obviously is an institutional electronic bond trading platform. Uh, and traditionally, uh, bond trading has obviously been between uh, investor clients and dealers. And what open trading allows anybody on our platform to do is to find liquidity without having to have any of those existing relationships. Uh, we connect them together via our open trading or all-to-all -all network. And that's actually been really critical for all of our clients over the last uh, couple of months. Um, I mean, what it allows people to do in, in these market conditions to have the best chance of kind of finding liquidity at the best price. Uh, so we've, we've seen a lot of, of trends in the market, obviously extreme volatility, 
big price swings, really wide bid ask spreads. But one of the biggest challenges has been just finding liquidity. And it, you know, it's, it's been a really difficult time. And I think because of that, we've obviously seen increased activity in open trading. Um, there's only so much risk that the banks, the traditional liquidity providers can take on at a time like this. And that's when clients, investor clients are going to need to go out and find liquidity from other types of firms. So that might be other clients like themselves or ETF APs, hedge funds, what we call some non-traditional um, liquidity providers. And actually, amazingly, in March, we saw 121 new firms that had never uh, provided liquidity before respond on the platform. Um, so these are not just firms taking liquidity, but you know the ones that are already providing it um, as well. So yeah, as you'd expect, March, super busy time for open trading, helping clients find liquidity. It was up nearly 50% on the month before. So literally as the crisis kicked in, we just saw this big, big increase. Um, and that was global as well. We actually saw a 66% increase in European products. Um, so it's very interesting to see how clients were using open trading to make sure they could find liquidity in the market. The next question I'm going to ask you, I actually wrote a story about this as well. So what can you tell us about the platform's recent expansion in US taxable municipal bonds in the UK, EU and Singapore? So very interesting to get a kind of description of what's been going on for our listeners out here. Um, yeah, Muni's is an area that we're we're super excited about. Um, obviously, you know, it's a difficult time, but it's the newest product uh, onto the platform to trade electronically. So Muni's is obviously huge market, um, trillions outstanding, and it's been one of the best performing assets in terms of yield and along with some of the lowest default rates that we've seen in recent years. So that makes it a really attractive product to clients globally who are looking for those kind of high yielding products without having to take on uh, additional risk. Um, and we added Muni's to the platform for US clients a couple of years ago, and it's been very popular. It grew about 50% last year. Uh, and that's quite surprising for some people because uh, Muni's, I guess, is historically viewed as being a quite traditional, quite voice-centric market. So the fact that there's been this huge surge in electronic trading is quite surprising. Um, Muni investors, get the same benefits as other clients do when they trade electronically on market access, which primarily is all the efficiencies that you get from electronic trading, but along with additional liquidity from open trading. Munis are also available on our open trading network. Clients trade that way. And we have seen this huge demand in the US, but actually we had international clients saying, why can't I trade these products as well? Um, so we ultimately added uh, taxable munis to, to our UK and European MTFs and our RMO in Singapore to allow all of those international investors who are already holding munis and looking, you know, looking to use the platform to transact more access to this product as well. In my previous question, you did say that March has been a busy time for you guys, a lot of uh, business coming in, but has there been any noticeable shifts in how traders are using automation in their workflow over this period? Yeah, so we have we have seen a shift. We've seen the use of automation continue, um, although we have seen it used less. And it's interesting how that shift has occurred because it's a little bit by design. Um, we built controls directly into our client automation solutions so that if there was volatility in the market, and it was difficult to determine market pricing, or you weren't getting a lot of responses back, um, the client would be able to choose certain thresholds around those, around those parameters, and then have the automation system say, okay, this is a time when a manual trader needs to have a look at this. And that's what we've seen. We've seen a lot of clients actually 
putting things into our automation system and then the automation system suggesting that this is a time when uh, it, the context requires a human trader to take a look and make a final decision around pricing. And as I said, that's exactly how it was designed to work. So it's really pleasing to see it operate that way. Um, and I think clients sort of appreciate that they're able to have the tool be flexible in terms of what's happening in the market. I think that in the long run, though, we, we're going to see automation continue to grow. Cost pressure on clients is still only increasing. Um, and ultimately, automation is the way that clients are going to be able to continue to grow and scale their businesses. I think one really interesting uh, change that we've seen, as I said, there's been this increase in open trading usage, both taking liquidity, but also providing liquidity on the platform. Um, and we built an autoresponder tool that allows clients to set up rules to allow them to bid or offer automatically on bonds that they're interested in using open trading. And that made sure they didn't ever miss any opportunity. And we've actually seen an increase of the usage of that tool over the last month. So as open trading has sort of heated up uh, because clients are finding it hard to get liquidity elsewhere, they're taking advantage of this automation tool to actually provide liquidity, which I think is quite an interesting uh, change in, in terms of how things are being used. Now, you were just talking there about the automation tool, but what other tools and what types of data have you seen being used to help uh, traders through this time? That's a really interesting question. And as you probably expect, the most important thing to clients right now has been getting access, right? Mm -hmm. So um, yes, they want tools and data, but the first thing is I'm not in my office. I don't have my 10 screens. Can I still get onto market access? And that's been our number one priority. Um, we amazingly have managed to arrange uh, at the beginning of March, access around 10,000 traders uh, globally to the platform. And they now have direct access from their home or wherever they're working securely. And they can you know, take advantage of all of the trading uh, and data functionality that's available on market access. So once we got that in place and people could continue to use the platform effectively, obviously then there was a big focus on what data and insight we can give to clients. One of the tools that they found very useful um, remains our CP plus pricing product. So this is our algorithmically uh, generated pricing tool that gives clients real time pricing data on hundreds of thousands of bonds. And obviously at a time when the market is quite volatile, um, having a and being confident in where that bond is currently pricing is super important. And so clients have used that extensively. But in addition, they have been very hungry for any information, uh, particularly relating to the availability of liquidity. So this would be, you know, how is liquidity forming? Where is it? Is that coming from my traditional counterparts? Is that coming from open trading? So that looks like uh, you're giving clients data on hit rates, the kind of bid offer skew in the market, the, the bid offer spreads, that sort of thing. Um, and one other trend we've seen is a significant increase in appetite for in information relating to market trends and pricing data. Um, so we've also uh, been capturing that data for clients and all of the data I just mentioned, what we're actually doing now is we're, we're capturing that data and sending that out in something we call uh, our access point emails on a daily basis. So our aim is really just to make sure that we're keeping clients as connected to the market as possible. You know, fundamentally, that is our kind of uh, objective as a trading platform is to make sure that markets uh, remain functioning. And we do that by 
making sure the participants are all connected, both in a physical sense, right, getting those 10,000 users on, but also just making sure they have information and they have relevant content that's going to allow them to confidently approach the market. Well, thank you very much, Gareth, for joining us online to speak about this open trading platform. Thank you very much. It's been fun. Now, Haley, have you got any good news for us? I do indeed. Let's let's end on a high, shall we, this podcast. Um, so I think a lot of people are, are fully aware now um, that Trade Tech Europe 2020 and uh, FIX EMEA uh, trading conferences, we have new dates for them, which is super exciting. So Trade Tech Europe, um, WBR have confirmed that the conference will be held at the same place in Paris on the 20th and the 21st of October. And then they've got the uh, the buy side only day uh, has been rescheduled for the 19th. So just before the main conference. And that will take place at the Intercontinental Paris Le Grand. So, yeah, really excited to have new dates for that. Um, you know, it's the, the biggest conference for, for us, certainly in terms of, um, you know, having everyone in that one room. Uh, you know, we usually get some great content from from this event as well. So really excited to get those those new dates. Um, and and on the same note, we have a new date for the fixed trading conference, which is what well, was supposed to take place on 12th, 12th of March, but it will now take place on the 18th of September. So um, Kaius, you must be excited. I'm, I'm sure that all of our listeners will see you running around the conference hall with a video camera, no doubt. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of excited because it's given me that kind of hope that we will feel it outdoors. <laughs> so that's, kind of, that's a really exciting part. But yeah, I feel like uh, the end of this year, the end of 2020 is going to be very busy with all these events. And uh, yeah, I feel like you're going to see me a lot. If you're at one of these events, you're going to probably see me running with two or three cameras uh Looking like a kind of madman trying to make content, but uh, you know, it's going to be so much fun. A lot of trips, I'm guessing, at the end of the year for everyone. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, hopefully we start hearing some more events, you know, releasing their dates and uh, we can start planning and getting back to making content uh, physically with a camera. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, it seems quite odd now, doesn't it? Even to see people in person, I'm, I'm going to be really excited about that. <laughs> I know, I know. It's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting anyway, uh, but I'm sure we'll see some of our listeners there. But, uh, you know, that's looking like our time's running up. I mean, as always, it was a pleasure speaking with you, Hayley. And uh, yeah, guys, don't forget, you can access this podcast now. You can get it on Spotify. You can get it on iTunes. Uh, you can even ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the podcast so exciting times the podcast is going out on all different platforms Love that. yeah and we've got listen guys we want you to get involved so you can always tweet us at the trade news on twitter or you can find us on linkedin at the trade news and yeah let us know what you have to say let us know what you thought of the show and yeah get involved in the conversation thank you Haley, again for joining us and a big bye bye to everyone who's listening Thanks. Trade Talks, bringing you the best of the buy side.